Like the more joy I create, the more money I make. Where before it was like the more like hustle I had, the more it seemed like opportunities, but like they weren't, you know, like it was hard work. Yo, what's going on, gang? Tapping into the podcast before we get ready to kick things off. And look, I'm super excited about this episode. Given the fact, I'm chopping it up with one of my girls. I'm talking about Danielle Sabrina. She is a top celebrity publicist in the game. Uh, She has one of the biggest and best PR firms based in New York and L.A., Uh, She worked with so many different celebrities, professionals, and athletes across all verticals here. And she's here today to pretty much give the game on how to pitch yourself to get featured in press, what to look out for, uh, how to actually get in the game of personal branding, how to properly scale. And not only that, she shares some insight of how she went. She started from Wall Street at a young age of 19, getting into the game, making money, making bank, and taking her talents over to a new industry, which is the PR game and dominating in this space so if you ever wanted to get featured in publications wanted to know what to look out for what to do how to get featured she's the one you want to hit up this is the episode for you so make sure you got a pen and pad because she giving it all away so let's go ahead and do what we do best it's time to level up let's get it are you ready level up daily the hottest podcast for self-growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities level me up level me up yeah now your host deandre evans level me up level me up yeah it's time to level up now level up what's up ladies and g's much love to those returning and shout out for those tuning in for the first time I'm your host, DeAndre Evans, and look, I have a very special guest today, and she's also a good friend of mine. Uh, she's a celebrity publicist and founder of Tribe Builder Media, an award-winning boutique PR firm based out of New York and L.A. Uh, however, before founding her agency, she started her career back on Wall Street at just 19 years old, becoming one of the youngest traders in the industry. Known for her media and brand strategy today, uh, she has a high reputation I mean, through the years of gaining trust of many high profile CEOs, uh, professional athletes, celebrities, you name it. Uh, She's one of the most sought after brand and media strategists. Uh, She's been featured in Forbes. I'm talking about Entrepreneur and Inc. Uh, Not only that, you know, she got a lot of accolades and I'm just going to throw them all out here. Uh, She's been named top female entrepreneur of the year to follow. And she's Entrepreneur Magazine's top contributor. I have none other than my girl, Danielle Sabrina on. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, we starting off good. Let's go. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So where are you right now? LA. I spend the majority of my time in LA. Nice. Nice. So do you hop back and forth from LA to New York? I don't really need to do that anymore. Um, the agency has grown to the point where I have other team members that spend time if they're not already in LA. I mean, mm-hmm. there. So Okay. I feel like now that I'm getting older, you know, <laughs> I like to just, I'm not as much, you know, like going back and forth as much, but gotcha. usually if they're, if we're taking a company public or something and I need to be on the stock exchange, then, you know, that's a for sure, for sure. Nice. Nice. Love to hear that. Well, look, I know so many people are interested given that hell of an introduction about you and what you do and accomplish. <laughs> right. So uh, if you could, cause what today's Wednesday. So let's, let's wild out really quick. Let's, let's throw it back to, you know, the young Danielle, how did you get to where you are today? Can you tell us about your upbringing? Yep. So I'm from New Hampshire. And if you don't know where that is, it's like right outside of Boston. Cause some people are like, is that a state? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Um, and it's a very conservative, like people don't leave Manchester specifically where I'm from. Like everyone just like grows up there, stays there. Like they don't even like to go to like the next town. <laughs> so it's very confusing if you're like, I'm going to leave, you know? Yeah. Um, I was also like growing up, I just was always in trouble. I always, I spent a lot of time in group homes um, for one thing yeah. or another. Like there's just, I just did whatever I wanted to do. And my mom was a single mom pretty much because my dad was in the Navy. So he usually got like transferred around when they got divorced. So um, I have a very strong personality and my mom doesn't. So like, <laughs> I just, yeah. there was no, like, was, there was no, I don't think anybody could have, even if my dad, when my dad intervened, like I just was never, I just did whatever I wanted to do. So it was stressful, you know, too, at the same time, because getting in trouble a lot was just, you know, it just snowballs. And then you're just like, at that point, it's like too much to get back on track. And then I was a teen mom. <laughs> and that was when I started to turn things around because I remember being pregnant with my first daughter and I was like, oh, okay, I'm like in a worse position than I've ever been in. I don't know like how I'm possibly going to be able to do anything. And I was yeah. working at this kid's shoe store at the mall. Mm -hmm. And my manager was <laughs> a dick, excuse my language. Yeah. And he like, I just was always asking him like, well, you know, how do I become like a shift leader? Or like, how can I, are there other positions in the company? Like, what can I do? Right. And he's like, you're lucky that, you know, you can have a job here because, you know, the most that you could do even outside of this is be like a secretary or wow. an administrative assistant. Yeah. And I, so, but I looked into that and I was like, okay, so the most I'm ever going to make is like $20 an hour. Right. Like, I'm not going to cut it. <laughs> so, um, so the only company that was like local to us was Fidelity Investments. And I just would call, I called and called and called and like, just because the, that was when resumes were first starting to get um, put into the system. Like, mm -hmm. so you couldn't like, you, if you didn't have a degree or if you didn't have those things, like your resume just wouldn't even get past, it wouldn't even get in front of anyone. Mm -hmm. So I just kept calling this secretary in one of the departments who did answer the phone. And, you know, I'd always ask her, I told her my story and I was just like, you know, maybe if there's anything like even in the mailroom or anything, you know, just keep, keep, keep me in mind. And I called for a couple months. And then one day I was like, all right, I'm going to give this up because this is I need to stop harassing this woman. So I was just calling to tell her thank you for like, that I was going to stop calling, but thank you for, you know, always, because she was always nice. She was always willing, like, okay, well, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but she was always nice, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I called her just to thank her. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you called me. I did have your number written down. I don't know where I, what I did with it, but they're hiring for stockbrokers. You have to pass this exam, mm -hmm. but I... When she knew one of the people in HR over there, she went to school with her or something. And she was like, and I know I can get her your resume. And then up from there, it's like, you know, on you. Yeah. And I was able to get an interview, got a chance to take study for the series seven. I passed it. And then at the time it was the third hardest exam in the United States. And there was people in my like hiring class that didn't pass the exam that went to like an Ivy league school. So when I wow. passed, I was like, like, <laughs> right game over no one's gonna tell me anything like no one could tell me anything to begin with but then like with that I was like I had so much confidence right that then I was like I didn't care what the position said the required I was like well you don't know me like you don't know who I am let me, let me tell you right um 
yeah. And then I just, from there, I got recruited by different companies. And at one point I was running a broker dealer and I was the director of financial planning. That was when I was in my, like, I was like 21, wow. 22. Yeah. Um, oh, it's like such a long story. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. And then I just, you know, I, then I had two kids. I had both my daughters by the time I was 19 and they're mm-hmm. 21 and 23 now. So shout out to Morgan and Taylor. You got a hell of a mom <laughs> accomplishing all kinds of stuff out here. <laughs> well, look, I want to, I want to definitely track back a little bit. Cause you, you said a lot and then my mind was going everywhere with so many I know, questions. Like- <laughs> and so I know you said, uh, you had a single mother pretty much raising you in a household and you was in that stage where you were just trying anything, doing whatever you wanted to. Um, you said your dad was off in the Navy. Like how did that affect your confidence growing up as a young woman? during that time, just, you know, being with your mother, doing whatever you wanted to do, like. I mean, I think I just didn't have any confidence. I just didn't mm-hmm. even myself and everything was difficult for me. Like school was really difficult. It was really hard for me to pass my classes. I just learned differently. Even when I was studying for the seven, which they had like an extensive training program. And mm-hmm. at one point I was like, I can't participate in this anymore because the second I start learning from the way that they're teaching, I'm like, I'm failing the, the practice quizzes. Wow. And they were, you know, they eventually were like, fine, but if you fail, like you don't get a second chance or everyone else gets a second chance. You don't get a second chance. But I was like, I'm not going to need one because if I do it myself. So there's definitely my learning style is very different. And I don't, in school, that was really hard. And I was stressed out. My mom was always stressed out. And it just like, I couldn't balance things. And I just couldn't retain information the same way other people could. It was just really hard for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I understand that. Because I know growing up in school, like, I was that guy that I learned differently than others. Like, visual is cool. But you're talking at me too much. I'm like, eh, I don't get it. You know, like, I was really hands on. And a lot of the times in certain classes, they didn't have those type of you know, settings, you know, and they give you like the standard test and you got to learn this way. And I'm like, man, forget this. So like after high school, after I graduated, um, I went on to college for like a little bit to really please my mom. And they wanted me to go and try it. And I'm like, all right. But after like the second year, I was like, this ain't for me. (laughs) Like I just dropped out and I just went left. But yeah, what are your thoughts on just schooling? Just, just now, you know, given, you know, what we know today, like, did you go, you didn't go off to college, but you just went off to do your own thing. And I did go, I mean, I did end up enrolling in college after I had like passed my seven and that was really only because the company paid for it. And I was like, mm, sure, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's still, that was, then when I took a college class, I was like, this is such outdated information. Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't even apply. You know, I just was like, I couldn't correlate. Like, I just felt like it was, I hate learning useless information or useless information to me at the time. Like, I don't want to know how to do something that I don't need to know. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have the thought space for it. I don't, you know, like when someone tries to like over explain something like, like a repair person or something like, this is how this works. And I'm just like, okay, like that. Great. Does it work or not? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's, that's good to know. Cause I know so many people, especially young men and women that listen to this podcast and they're probably going through that similar notion of just like man should I go to school should I not I can probably learn this on Instagram or YouTube you know like you know it's different ways of learning now right I mean I'm hiring for the agency like sometimes I'll look at a degree especially if it's like okay they went to um school for communications or public relations Mm -hmm. right but like if someone came to me and they're like I'm already in this I'm already doing it like that's they're they're at the top 
already top front of the line so I think I think just going to school to go to school is I feel like sometimes people are searching for like this is what's going to get me to the next the next phase or the next once I have a bachelor's once I have a master's and and I think depending on what you want to do you might need that you know maybe it is beneficial but Mm -hmm. some people just don't like my daughter's didn't go to college. Well, they went to college for a little while, but they both, um, one of them graduated high school a year early. And then one of them, um, got their LSAT, which is like similar, I think to like a GD or something, but I always let them decide. They've always like, they were always on honor roll. They were never in trouble. And Mm -hmm. they, they've just, I've always just let them do whatever they want to do, even when they were, you know, in high school or, you know, I just was never that I was like, you manage your life. You manage this. Like if you get into trouble, like you manage it. I don't like, you're going to come home and show me that you have a detention. Who cares? That sucks for you. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. And I would tell our teachers that too. Like, don't send me, don't expect me to be signing off on nonsense. Mm. Like, If you're going to be like, this is like, this is their life. And if yeah. they want, if they choose to, you know, <laughs> like start screwing up now then that's it they just never did they never yeah. were in trouble they never I never had any problems mm. but I think that I just let them you know like I had boundaries you know but yeah. I still was just like oh, okay you know you want to go to a party like if it's yeah. time you know if, if that's what you want to do then you're you're heading towards that age where you're going to do it anyway and I think mm. parents like just get these <laughs> ideas in their heads like they didn't do that stuff right Right. Definitely. At least I knew where my kids were. I was picking them up, you know, things like that. But it's just, it's a different way of viewing things. Absolutely. And you pretty much gave them like that responsibility of just like making decisions on their own. And though you had your own rules and boundaries in place, like they knew obviously not to cross that line with mom, but also, you know, just having that choice to be like, okay, well, I can be myself. And if I get myself into this, well, I got to get myself out of it. So I, I think that's super dope you know, to have them go through that experience to learn, uh, because obviously that helped them along their career and their life right now. So that's big. That's real big. Yeah, they're doing great. One of my daughters is an artist. She's going to drop her first song soon. My other daughter is like one of our top publicists at our agency already. So yeah, yeah, now I'm seeing it. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I don't know, like friends of mine, like, how could you let them do that? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're crazy if you think they're not like, Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Well, let's let's switch gears really quick, because I know uh, you just being super young and motivated and hungry at a young age. You said 19. You was pretty much on Wall Street crushing. They wanted the youngest to do it. Like, what was that experience like for you? You know, uh, being out there on the grind, you know, making money. What was that lifestyle like? I mean, it was great. Cause it was the first time in my life I ever had money. So that was great. What what, what turned out to not be great was. Career-wise, I, I grow really fast. I've, I'm still the same way. Like I can grow something incredibly fast. So I like I always felt like I was hitting a ceiling, even in positions where I was the one to like make changes or I was the one that could you know sign off on things. Yeah. There's still a ceiling. And even though people say they want to grow or come like when it actually starts happening, there's like a lot of fear that comes up in other people. So I always felt like I was hitting a ceiling mm-hmm. so that I didn't, I was like, Oh, this isn't going to work for me long-term. And 
Then the other thing I realized, which is like obvious now, but I, I bought a house in my neighborhood that I grew up in that we always, or like it was a neighborhood that like my mom would drive to and we would be like, can you imagine what it would be like to live in that house? Yeah. You know, and I bought that house. <laughs> and nice. I was young, I was like 21 or something. And, wow. you know, my kids had a lot of things. My daughter had a horse, we went on vacations, everything. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I have all these things. I'm still not happy. Wow. And so I, I just thought that was like the answer. I thought I wasn't happy growing up because my mom was stressed because she didn't have money or we didn't have the things that we needed. Mm -hmm. So if I had those things then like life would be happy. And I just, there was nothing like, you know, wrong per se. I just like, I felt empty inside Mm -hmm. and nothing I could chase was like, okay, it would just wear off. Like I was like, okay, great. I got my seven. Great. I got another promotion. Great. Like it was just, it just didn't last. It wasn't anything that like, I was over it the next right. or month. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> I got you. So like, you know, experiencing that, just knowing that, okay, you have all these things going on, you're successful, you're making money, the kids, family is okay, but you're not happy. Like, how did you get through that barrier of just obviously finding your purpose? Cause it seemed like he was not in alignment with truly what you desired, you know, like, how did you find I that? alignment with my higher self. I wasn't in my <laughs> life, you know, like I yeah. was like ego-based things and I couldn't figure out how to fix it because you know everything it's like when you're empty inside like nothing satisfies you I don't know if you've ever had that feeling but it's like it's like you always think an accomplishment is going to do it but it doesn't you know you always think like okay once I get here then that it'll be changed yeah sorry it's so dry in California today (laughs) um I had to hit rock bottom so I just I went through a really bad divorce. I walked away from everything. I had opened up some like retail stores. Mm. I walked away from those. I just like, I filed bankruptcy. Like I literally like just went almost like completely, like I just started sabotaging my life because I was like exhausted and I just didn't want to do it anymore. And it was too much. It was just like, I was just like, I can't believe I'm working this hard. Like I was just miserable, but it was because I had so much trauma and I was unhealed and I didn't know you know, I had all these beliefs that were thrown on me, either generationally or from society or just like conditioning from being brought up. And I had a really rough couple of years, like really, really rough. I was like suicidal. I checked myself into a mental hospital because I was like, I really thought I was going to kill myself. (laughs) I was like, I can't trust myself Um, because I just was like, it was just too much. I just had been through too much nothing helped like no therapy that didn't do anything I did everything everybody asked you know like they're like okay go to this do that and I was just like nothing worked and so I started taking things into my own hands and I learned you know the techniques that therapists use I learned then I got into like Buddhism and I started getting into spirituality and I looked at all the different religions I took out pieces of the religion like anything that I resonated with and I like didn't I just basically like opened my heart and I was like, I'm just going to feel whatever I need to feel. And I'm going to keep on going and I'm going to like uncover whatever I need to uncover, whatever I need to learn. And I don't care how woo woo it sounds. I don't care anything at all. I'm like reestablishing my, myself starting with my beliefs. And that like started my, my journey into healing. That was when, um, 
people around me, like they, the people who got to witness my journey are like, they still will message me, even people like online and stuff. Yeah. I definitely like was very, like I shared a lot. So I've never really been afraid to, I shared a lot when it was messy too. Like, I'm not just yeah. like, oh, I went from this like messy <laughs> and now I'm here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they still message me to this day and they're like, I think about you all the time. And, you know, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. But we're just all walking around unhealed and we just have all these like beliefs and we think like, oh, I just gonna, you know, it's just, it's crazy the things that we believe that are just put on us. Like, and we don't even question it. We don't even question why we feel that way or anything. So now like I'm, and I even incorporate this in my agency. Like we are very into healing. So we do like ayahuasca journeys. We do sound baths. We do, we microdose. We like, we are very tuned in, tapped in, turned on. Like we <laughs> are like, we approach ourselves and our work like as our energetic beings. And that's why we get so, such good results in our agency, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just experience. Like, I think it's like, we really are powerful and like we can manifest and we know how to yeah. move through things. And I'm really mm-hmm. into muscle testing lately. So like, I feel like I've done so much healing that mm-hmm. I am now at the point where I like to like see, I like my body to tell me what I need, like what's happening. You know, I'm very yeah. like, I get yeah. some nervous system response that I'm like, why am I getting so upset about this? Yeah. Like, why am I feeling tired when I shouldn't be? Yo, what's going on, gang? Tapping in really quick. I hope you all are enjoying this episode as much as I enjoy creating it for you all. Uh, if you are enjoying this, it will mean the world to me. If you left a five-star rating and review, let me know your thoughts about the conversation so far. And guess what? You can do that on iTunes or you can do that on Audible. If you are enjoying it, feel free to screenshot your favorite part, something that stood out to you, and be sure to tag me at DeAndre underscore Evans on Instagram. That's D-A-N-D-R-E underscore E-V-A-N-S. And I will be sure to show love and support. Now, let's get back to leveling up. That's big. No, I can totally relate to that. I'm on that same wave right now. Like I just lie in bed at times. I'm like, you know what? My body said another 10 minutes. I need 10 minutes. <laughs> but that's huge. No, and I, and I really truly respect that a lot because that's super important nowadays. You know, it's a lot of uh, things happening just in this world with the pandemic, COVID, people losing loved ones, losing jobs, you know, uh, politics. It's a lot. And so that can be a mental strain on a, anybody. And uh, for you to be able to overcome your challenges and be able to find your center, you know, to resonate with and also enable that into your team, uh, which I love to talk about, you know, with your, your tribe media group here. Um, it's just it's just powerful, you know. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope more companies will, you know, start thinking along these lines or founders in general, you know, remove the stigma on things and just operate as humans like we're gonna yeah. that's another thing that I found too is like the more joy I create the more money I make where before it was like the more grind I did or the more like hustle I had the more seemed like opportunity seemed like opportunities but like they weren't you know like mm-hmm. it was hard work and that's that's where I even had like I had my I do NAT therapy um 
which is like the muscle testing and it like taps into like what's happening with you and stuff. And it was like, cause I was, I'm launching some new initiatives and I got like too wrapped. I was getting too wrapped up in the, I need to get this done. Like all these things going on that I almost was like frozen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like staring at my phone for like two hours on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> you know, like Just, I'm yeah. like, I'm escaping now. <laughs> right. But because I was like, I, you know, I got, I got just caught up in the energy of like the grind and it doesn't mean to be like that because it could take, it will take me like 20 minutes to do something that will take me three days if I'm not in alignment. That's big. And I hope everybody caught that too. Alignment is key, ladies and gentlemen, is everything. You don't never want to be on the opposite side. Personally. Yeah. For me personally, I mean, it it took a minute um, for me to actually identify like when I was in alignment, but it was always to where similar to you. it just didn't feel right. Like my energy, my aura for me speaking, just doing projects, whether I'm doing graphic design, weapon design for clients or running this podcast. Like it was a moment where honestly, I took five months off. And this is why I'm coming back with a new season with my podcast because I wasn't in alignment. And it was because I was trying to either do too much of something because I was doing it all myself per se, because I wanted to be perfect, right? I wanted to be this way. And it was draining me. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's, something's going on. And uh, it just got to the point where I was really in my head. I was really in my head and uh, I had a hard time getting out of it. And so for me, the best thing that I can do and I recommend anyone to do is like you say, take that step back and reset. Like even if you're going for a walk, you know, I just lay down on the couch sometimes for 10, 15 minutes. It's like it does wonders. It does everything for me. Or, you know, I read a book, you know, um, I go work out. I had to find other outlets for me to um, release whatever those thoughts were that was holding me back for upward thinking and also allowed me to excel. So I knew, you know, pretty early on, like, oh man, something's not right. Yeah. Some people, they just keep trying to push through that until they, then they get burnt out and it's sad. Especially yeah. I see that in the music space a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about, you know, your, your company tribe uh, media and, and just everything that's happening so far uh, in that space. Like how did it really come about and uh, how's everything going? Yeah, everything's going really great. Um, I have an awesome team, amazing clients. And it just happened. It just kind of happened organically. It wasn't, I didn't know what PR was or like, I didn't, I wasn't even aware of that space. Um, It happened when, so after my healing journey, I launched myself as a business intuitive pretty much. Cause I was like, I'm just going to do what I like doing. And then I'll just figure out how to make money later, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And I've always been incredibly intuitive. Like I def- I have a gift for seeing energy and seeing, I always, ha- I didn't understand it when I was younger as much because it was very contradictory. Like when I was younger, it was hard for me to, um, it was hard for me to navigate it because of the way that like, it, it, like I can see, I can see pictures. I can see into the future, you know, of someone's energy, which can change like yeah. that, you know, but like, yeah. I can see that. So when I was younger, like that was always like, I can see intention. There's just things that like, it's just, a, it's, you know, it's something that I've been blessed with. I've always had it. So I I'm able to apply that to business. And that was my, also like, I was always very passionate about business. So mm-hmm. I liked being able to use that to just know, like, I just know if something's not going to work, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So where that can be complicated sometimes <laughs> is like, if someone doesn't have the same beliefs as you do and you're like, listen, I'm just telling you like, it's not going to work. Right. 
like so then it's like I won't even do it then I'd rather like not even work with the client or do it like because I'm just like this is a waste it's a waste of everyone's time like it's yeah. just work um so that was something like so when I was doing that and then I loved that and people loved that and that was fun um I started to feel like resentful with my gift. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to like just shift focus here a little bit because I just felt like people became very dependent on me. Mm-hmm. And it, it was still early in my journey too, with the healing. Like I, I'm not in the place that I am now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I always felt obligated to respond or get on a call, you know, and it just drained me where now like I don't feel obligated to do anything. So I'm shifted a little bit and just did brand management and brand like building personal brands. And this was before personal brands were a thing. Mm-hmm. So that was, there was a few, you know, there's, there were some people who were catching on and they were getting it, you know, yeah. it was like the early days of Marie Forleo, the early, you know, the early days of personal branding. Yeah. This was like when Gary V had his like, you know, wine show. So oh, wow. okay. very early, early days. And I remember like, I remember getting into like an argument with like a, um, one of like the Forbes editors. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm oh, like, personal branding is a thing. Like, this is not, I'm like, take this seriously. Like, this is actually, yeah. you're going to see executives doing this. You're going to see CEOs and like, mm-hmm. no one was just like, oh no, I don't know what that is. You know, they're like, even I remember when like a family member of mine, like thought I had like a pyramid business and I was like, so oh. <laughs> like that, you know, cause it was, that's like how people thought of personal branding. They're like, what? They didn't understand it. Yeah. So I did brand management and then I was getting my clients into publications right nice Just by helping them like position themselves and storytell and then my friend was like oh what you're doing is PR and she was doing PR and then I was like great well I'm going to charge PR prices and also I had seen and it was like it kind of was like full circle too because then like being and I was also in the IPO space before when I was in in finance um and I saw how the media could move share prices I remember mm-hmm. like paying attention to that for you know, obviously for good reason now, it wasn't like any particular reason then. Yeah. And then I just cannot, I was like, okay, it's game over. I'm going to be like the IPO queen of media. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you are, I mean, you're crushing it everywhere when it comes to PR and it's building your brand. I see, see a lot of people you work with. Uh, I won't name drop. I'll let you name drop them, but I know you got a lot of big, <laughs> got a lot of big clients, but uh, I want to ask like, who was your first big client? And like, what was going through your mind when you landed that client? I think of a couple of different things when you asked me that, like my client who's still a client patient pop, I remember they had like 75 employees when I, when they signed me on and I knew, like, I knew they were, they were headed for like something big. I could just feel it. I knew it. And that was really exciting for me. And now that, you know, they have thousands of employees now, like that's how much they've grown. And I knew that. And for me to be able to like build a case study like that, I already knew it was going to be like great because I was the only person touching their PR. Celebrity-ish wise, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I got like, so many, right? <laughs> I know, I'm like, first, first one yeah. that I felt like. I would say one of my more like in, in the entertainment space was when I had created a business reality show mm-hmm. for a cannabis client and we had... Um, the game as the host 
And that was like my first real like experience. Like it was something that like I created this show from like a keynote in New Hampshire. I had never even been to LA before. (laughs) And I was just doing it because I was like, this client is going to fire me if I can't figure out how to market cannabis right now. Because it was before cannabis was legal. So the concept was like taking businesses that were on the street to the suite went under development of Lionsgate. Do you remember that I was like, oh, okay, if I can do this from New Hampshire <laughs> on a keynote. Yeah. And I've never even, I never even knew what a show treatment looked like or like anything. And I got meetings with every big production company in LA. I flew, you know, like before I didn't even have any connections and I didn't even realize how hard it was to do something like that until after I was like talking about it. Because mm-hmm. to me, I was like, this is a great idea. Who doesn't want to hear about <laughs> <laughs> right like of course like what, what are you talking about <laughs> and they don't i'm like they're can you refer me to someone else in your company because i'm not sure you get the vision <laughs> exactly like come on <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> right nice nice well look i know i don't have you long and but i, I do want to ask because you are in a pr space and so many people probably blow up your dms your emails trying to reach out to you to get representation like uh what's the best way for someone to pitch themselves to, you know, get featured in press or work with you and your firm? Yeah. So when, well, I mean, to work with us, just go to the website and fill out a contact form. And if like, it's a good fit, we can get up, you know, like someone on my team will definitely, please don't DM me. I, I always, <laughs> I have messages in there and then like, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll I'll email you and it doesn't happen. Um, but to pitch yourself, you have to think this is Irish. I was just talking to my team about this this morning. So we just had some new interns start. Um, think about it. And people always think like, let me tell my story to press mm-hmm. and like feature me and my company. And that's not the way to go about it. So the way to go about it is look at what's being talked about right now. Like look at what's timely in the news. Like for example, we're, you know, it's being said that we're going to enter into a productivity boom. Do you have some great productivity tips? We'll put those together and share them with like reporters who are already talking about that stuff. And then, you know, you, that's timely. Look, is there a study in your industry that was recently published that you could speak to? Like if you're in marketing, like, do you have some unique ways or, you know, actionable advice that you could give others with, you know, like cookies are changing. So now like your digital strategy has to change and like, you know, just be thorough in your explanation to it. And if you, if it's valuable and it's like good advice for their audience, they'll likely pick it up, but think about it in terms of like, of that, like, if you're like, it's always a story. It's never, it's so rarely like a feature. And if it's a feature, like look closely at it. If it's not a notable figure, like you never, like they could have paid for that. It could have been, you know, you don't know what could be going on, but it's generally like, and it could be relationships too. And that's what working with an agency can do for you. But I think until you're at a point where like, if you can, if your company or you like can afford like $10,000 a month to pay an agency, great. That's the route you should go down. If not, there's courses out there, like Selena Sue has a course that's really good um, that teaches people how to do PR. Like you can do this yourself and you should at this point, because that's a lot of money to be paying an agency that if you're one person or you're, you know, or if that, I even tell our clients like $10,000 a month needs to be a part of your marketing budget. And if it's not a part of your marketing budget, then it's not the right time yet for you to, you're, 
there'll be too many opportunities to get, you know, like, it's just like, it's a lot. So you want to be ready for that. You know, the, the people who are ready for that are client, you know, are funded companies who are funded companies that are doing at least a couple million a year, you know, those are the ones that are like, okay, now it's time, you know, kind of in the same way. It's like, is it time for you to have, you know, have a in-house CMO or an in-house CFO, like, or are you still using your accountant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that type of thing. But if you're sharing, like, just see what is happening in the news and what's being reported on. So how can you share something that's relevant and timely? Like if what you're sharing isn't timely, it, there's less of a chance that any reporter is going to pick it up. Bar. All right, guys, I did my part All right, in the podcast. Right. <laughs> no, no, that's that's big. And I, and I hope a lot of people take note on that because I get so many people asking me, Dre, how can I get like featured in this? And I'm like, I'm not a P. I don't know. I'm not in PR. Like I need an expert, you know, and uh, you just pretty much laid out the groundwork of just what to do, what to look out for, being timely, finding something relatable and taking action on it. So hopefully, again, guys, take her advice, hit her up. She said you guys can work with her if you're on that level and that stage. Hit her up, reach out to her through her company. If you're not, the other option is um, I'm Entrepreneur Magazine's mentor. So you can book one-on-one sessions with me through oh. Entrepreneur. See, come on, guys. Look. <laughs> but yeah, we go through like press pitches or really whatever. Nice. Nice. So I do want to ask too, because you got one of the best branded agencies out here when it will PR firms. Like how, how do someone go about building their tribe? Because that's your brand. Like that's your niche. That's your thing. Like how does someone go about building their tribe when it comes to just building their personal brand? Look for people that share the same thought space as you do and use whatever, whatever comes most natural for you when you're first building. So if like you're better in person and that's just, you're better in person, then make sure you're getting out there all the time. And and give value to other people, like support your tribe the way that you want people to support you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not supporting them, then I don't see why like someone would want to be like engaging back. And if you're not finding places to go and connect with people, then maybe you should do that yourself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like there's digital assets, like photos and stuff like that, that are just, you know, hire someone that is that has experience um, in editorial photography. They can usually take some really good lifestyle images. You can talk about business. I'm a big fan of like sharing like who you are because I want to attract clients personally at this stage that resonate with who I am and the energy that I have because we'll just work better together and it'll be more fun. (laughs) If you're building a brand, like pay, like post, you know, like sponsor your posts, like put some ad spend behind things and keep just pushing and look for things to talk about and create buzz about like look for something else to try to always be like oh catch me here i'm gonna be here you like have something to talk about if you don't have anything to talk about you might need to like start getting yourself out there a little bit more perfect perfect well you know who to hit up ladies and gentlemen uh (laughs) the professional herself because i just had a conversation with a spectacular from pretty ricky um and he mentioned something to me that really stood out he said you know you can never make the wrong investment in yourself and that's what I'm getting from you too. So just hearing that from, you know, him hearing it from you and so many others is like, it's so true. You know, you can never make the wrong investment if you put forth the effort and energy into what you really are passionate about because someone out there is going to resonate with it. Like some people right now might not ever, ever want to follow me or listen to me because my voice may sound crazy to them. It's like, ah, I don't like them, but they may love you, right? And vice versa. So it's like really, like you say, finding your tribe, finding what you do and what you enjoy 
And then the right people are going to come to you if you push out and deploy your message correctly. Just be yourself. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, key. Everyone likes you, though. Everyone likes you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like to think that way, but, <laughs> you know, I appreciate you. But uh, right now in this time where, you know, COVID is happening, pandemic, everything, would you define yourself as successful in your eyes, given what you've accomplished so far? Um, when people think I'm successful, I am always like really you do think I like I just feel like I've created my the life experience that I want and that's really all I like I don't really feel like I'm not successful I I guess I don't even really think about it I just think about like I want to have like my life experience and if I'm not living my life experience then I'm not successful because I'm very unhappy like very unhappy if I am not living exactly how I want to live and that doesn't matter. That can just mean many, many things. (laughs) But like that to me is like, that's, I'm successful most of the time. I'd say 80% of the time I'm successful. And the other 20%, I'm like, okay, I got to course correct (laughs) and readjust. But that's because once you start making money and you like, you hit a million, it's like, okay, well, what's another million? What's an, you know, like, you know, like there's nothing that I haven't been able yet to experience. So yeah, that's how I define success is like, just if I'm living exactly how I want to live. I love that. I love that. Yes. When I want to get up, if I'm <laughs> you know, like complete freedom. Yeah. Right. Gener- generational freedom, generational wealth, time, everything. Yeah. I definitely resonate with that. And so my last question is, before I let you go is, you know, what is most important to you right now? Joy, mm-hmm. love, like, that's most important. I want to feel joyful and full of love. And I want others around me to feel that way too. And it's very upsetting when they don't. Um, so that's, that's really the only thing that's important to me. There's nothing really that's important to me anymore other than those two things. That's big. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Miss Danielle Sabrina, the one and only top celebrity publicist. (laughs) She came, she spoke, she shared her truth. She gave you some free game on how to, you know, get your way into the PR industry and get your name and brand out there. And uh, not only that, you know, you can tell she's a good soul. She's a good friend of mine. And so make sure you guys tap in and follow her. And uh, with that being said, Danielle, where can they reach you at? Where can they follow you? Where can they reach out and support? Yeah, Instagram. I like Instagram. Instagram. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So I'll put all that information down below in the description. So you guys can tap in, show love and support, reach out to her. If you got any questions when it comes to that lifestyle, just getting your brand out there. I know her and her team are obviously the top of the top and they're willing to help. So with that being said, I appreciate you, Danielle, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So until next time, guys, much love, peace and blessings. And that's the show. Awesome. I thought it was great. You're a great interviewer. What's one thing people don't know about you? Hmm. How laid back I am. I think people think I'm like a little wild sometimes, but I'm actually pretty laid back. Really? Because I got laid back this whole interview. I just, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't know. They yeah. do know. Then. I don't know. Maybe then it would be intuitive abilities. I feel like people, not everybody knows that about me. All right. So what do you believe your superpower is? Oh, 100% my like intuitive abilities. Yeah. And yeah. also I would think your influence. I think you got a, a nice influence on just building your brand, your personality and how oh. you're able to push out yeah, your message. I think it's super dope. It's really nice. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. And last and final question. Um, if you could learn to do anything, what would it be? Maybe code. Wasn't expecting I just feel like, I'm, I feel like my, 
my ideas could like the sky would be the limit you know like i could like yeah. implement all kinds of different ideas and i like doing like weird tasks stuff like that if i had was tasked with like oh find why this is like broken i'd figure it out oh yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like let me sit down with this problem right. really quick yeah <laughs> or like other languages that would be another thing that i would would love to learn what language would it be? Probably like French, because that I feel like I can pronounce those words easier than like Spanish. <laughs> you know, right. although I think everybody knows, you know, like that's the one to know. But yeah. I'm like, like I can't, <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that you need to have. Yo, what's going on, gang? Tapping back into the podcast really quick. I hope you all enjoy that episode as much as I enjoy creating it for you. My girl Danielle came on and laid down a foundation of what to do, what to look out for, how to pitch yourself, how to get featured in top tier publications, and how you can take action yourself. Woo, she came in, dropped some game, hopefully took some copious notes. She stated, number one, you want to make sure that the content that you're providing to these publications are timely, right? You want to make sure that it's relatable. And on top of that, you just got to take action. And the cool thing is, she pretty much gave us like a tip into the future. She said, yo, it's going to be a big productivity boom. You know what that means? If you got some content that's related around, yo, how can I be more productive X, Y, and Z in what you do, then you might want to go ahead and get started on writing out a couple little tips and strategies and plans on what you do as far as you being a man or the woman in your space taking over. Yo, don't sleep on that information. Take it, run with it. And so look, if you enjoy this episode with me and Danielle, do me a big favor. Go over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review, letting us know your thoughts on this episode, or you can take it over to Audible now. Yeah, yeah, the boy over there on Audible now. <laughs> go leave us a five-star rating and review, tap in, let us know what you thought. It'll go a long way for the show, and it'll allow me to continue to bring on special guests like this for the podcast so that you guys can get this information to level up in your career and in life. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already, because you don't want to miss these upcoming episodes. All right, y'all, until next time. Much love, peace, and blessings.